listening to Thriver Podcast, the company culture podcast where each unique episode brings you engaging topics that a new host and guest will connect on. Learn what drives a strong workplace culture through leadership, diverse experiences, personal stories, and much more. Welcome everyone. My name is Kim and I am the Provider Acquisition Associate here at Thriver. Joining us this week is Jacqueline Palmer-Norice, where we'll be talking about returning to the office and rethinking the office space. Jacqueline is the principal at ADL Interiors in the San Francisco Bay Area. Jacqueline, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing well, and I'm so excited to have you here. This is such an interesting topic, and I can't wait to get into it. I'm sure it's something that everybody's thinking about right now. Definitely. So I'd love it if you could just quickly walk us through how you started in the design space and how you got to founding ADL Interiors. Yeah, I studied interior architecture and design at the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. And after graduating, I worked in residential design for about five years, and that was a great experience, and I still design in residential today. But ultimately, I wanted to serve a larger group of people, and I was really interested in helping companies connect their brand to their office interior and see how design could influence job satisfaction, productivity, and even the bottom line. So I started my own company, ADL Interiors, and my first project was designing the office space for Get Around, the car sharing service. And that was a huge milestone in my career and for my company. And after that, things really took off. And I've designed for companies like Gigster, Walker & Company, and uh, a lot of startups designing their very first office space and taking that next step to defining their brand beyond their website and beyond their staff. I also took on large-scale commercial work as a design director for a furniture company servicing the offices of companies like Airbnb, Visa, Slack, Gilead, a lot of really big names, and learned so much about workplace strategy, contract-grade furniture, and really how much those spaces impact the success of those businesses. So now I've expanded my team beyond the San Francisco Bay Area to LA and New York, and we offer remote services across the country and virtual design, virtual reality as a standard service for all of our projects. So I'm really excited to be here today to talk about my expertise and how I can inspire companies to think a little bit more about the design of their office beyond just, you know, does it look good and really think about how it functions and how it serves the company. It's really interesting, you know, that you talk about how spaces can really inspire. And that's honestly how I felt the first time I walked into the Thriver office. I'd never seen anything like it before. And it got me really, really excited. And I'm really looking forward to being able to get back in the office and work. Exactly. That's been something that I think we've all been missing is just that source of inspiration and that space of collective brand identity and feeling like, you know, this is where I belong. And this is a place that really supports what I believe in. Yeah. And I feel like the office is just a really great way to 
have a further extension of your brand and really show not only your employees, but any of your guests what you're about. And it's it's so instrumental. Exactly. And I'm excited to talk about how companies can translate that to work from home spaces. That's not always something that's very obvious, but working with a designer, it's something you can really easily support and it really goes a long way. Well, that's amazing because that leads right into my first question. So in your experience, are you seeing companies supporting the improvements of work from home spaces? And what are some things to be mindful about? So employees want to feel like their company cares about their well-being while working from home. I think that is the overwhelming factor. And companies that can support this, you know, they can do this in a variety of ways. And it can look very different according to if you're big, if you're small, if you're brand new. Some companies shifted their efforts uh, from office improvements of their facilities budget to work from home equipment stipends. We saw that a lot last summer and fall, and we had an uptick in orders for sit-to-stand desks and desk chairs. While not all companies can do this, it was definitely a big change in how companies can support the work-from-home space. Other solutions were creating a a borrow-a-desk chair program. These desk chairs were just sitting in the office space, and people were working out of their dining room chairs and their sofas, and pretty soon everyone had back pain and neck pain. (laughs) And um, it's very easy to just, you know, deliver these desks to the home office and immediately have some results in the improvement of productivity and wellness. That's something I've never thought of before. The like borrow a desk or borrow a chair program. You're completely right. It's, It's really just there. So it's a great way for companies to assist their employees in feeling as good as possible at home. Absolutely. Another thing I saw, um, and I believe this is where, you know, some of these companies were at the forefront of supporting their workforce and improving their work from home spaces is providing ergonomic consultations. And ergonomic sounds like a very, you know, intimidating (laughs) word. It's quite simple. It's the study of people's efficiency in their working environment to eliminate discomfort and risk of injury. So it's actually really, really important. And this can lead to improvements in overall health, job satisfaction, and productivity. So what they're offering is, you know, one hour consultation with an ergonomic specialist. And it basically just helps you to identify the tools and adjustments of your workplace to really support your health and leave your workday feeling rejuvenated and not in pain and not uncomfortable and uh, able to spend the rest of the day, you know, for yourself, with your family and feel good about it. Yeah, definitely. I think ergonomics, as intimidating of a word as it may sound like, it's so important to consider how you can feel as healthy as possible when and to take care as much of your body as possible when you're working at the same workstation for eight hours in your home. Exactly. Another thing that, you know, we touched on briefly is how the home office can be an extension of the physical office when we're remote. And this is something that really gets noticed. A lot of effort is put into the image of the office design and how it reflects the brand. And I think this effort should absolutely be transferred to the design of an employee's home office. When your staff feels inspired, like we talked about, and supported also in their home, 
Their Zoom backdrop is impressive and complementary to their work efforts. I think positive results from that are inevitable internally and externally. However, there's this, you know, need or this idea that there's a need that companies need to, you know, pay for these uh, equipment and furniture to make this happen, but that's not always the case. Um, we started offering home office interior design services where companies are just sponsoring the service, the cost of the service, and that's a fraction, about a quarter of the cost of a standard stipend. That's We're amazing. We're also offering, yeah, and it's, you know, really a fun thing to do. I think not everyone gets the opportunity or think they are able to access interior design services. So offering that feels like, you know, a huge contribution and it's, it's a fun process. It's a fun thing to do to work with a designer and, you know, do some furniture shopping. Um, So it's a really rewarding uh, thing to offer your employees. I feel like if your employees can feel like they have a little bit of the office at home, it really can help them feel more connected to the team and to the company and more like they're a part of something bigger because it can be a little bit isolating to be at home and not be in the office, even though most people seem to want to work hybrid and that is where the direction of the office space is going. It's just so nice to feel connected to your employer. Exactly, exactly. And I think this also lends to when you're, uh, you know, connecting with people outside of your company or you're meeting with clients over Zoom. And if they can see that connectivity and they can see that this employee feels and looks supported by the company, that really speaks to the investment the company is making into their employee and into that space. So to that, we started offering consultations to improve Zoom backdrops. And what we do is we advise on, you know, the best utilization of the lighting in the room. And we just use your existing furniture and decor to create a backdrop that speaks to who you are, also addresses, uh, you know, any company message and um, whether it be we're minimal or we're, you know, like fun and social. Um, And it just helps to, you know, have an impressive backdrop and um, creates you know, a little bit of interest in, in the Zoom call. We're on these Zoom calls all day. And I noticed that everyone would comment on my backdrop. And they're like, I wish <laughs> I had that. And I just thought, like, I can help you. I can help you get that. And that's been really um, a really fun, easy win that does not require a lot of money or even a lot of time. It's just an hour and um, a, a video call to assess how we can improve this space. I know I definitely always notice a fun backdrop. I personally don't have one, but whenever I see one, I always feel the need to comment on it. I feel like it can definitely shift the mood a little bit if you see a fun one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're, we're going to help you get one for yourself. <laughs> Please do. I'll take it. So what are some of the benefits to working with a designer? Wow. There, for to me, there are so many. Loaded question. Um, loaded so, question. Yeah. <laughs> I'll share a few that are specific, I think, to our topic. Um, you know, whether it's the home or the office, I want to make sure we're addressing both of them. Um, it's important to create a workspace that employees are excited to get back to, excited to get to in the morning, and one that continues to prioritize socialization and well-being, whether remote or in person. And the challenge here is designing a space that brings us together while keeping us apart, which I really think requires an expert. 
it's so much more than how an office looks. A designer can create a human-centered approach to workplace strategy that maintains the constructive company culture and is adaptable to change, which is really essential in this great experiment we're in. Like, you know, none of us really know what we're doing. There's a lot of trial (laughs) and error. And, you know, having a designer to guide you through it, I think just makes it so much more feasible, less intimidating, and fun also. So, you know, whether you're going back to the office or remaining working from home, the strategy and execution is really a magnet for talent and retention. So you can see how impactful this can be to the bottom line and how the thought of working with the designer goes beyond the idea that it's kind of a a luxury or um, something, you know, to convey, you know, style. It's really, it's really incredibly functional and actually quite essential. So what we're seeing is that, you know, these new requirements of interiors, they have to reflect the same health standards that we expect from our peers. So it's a new relationship that we have with our spaces. And there are design standards like Well that address these requirements of creating these healthy interiors. And really only a designer would be able to provide these solutions for you. I really like what you said about how, you know, you work on human-centric design because that's that's what the office is going to be moving forward. I mean, like you said, we don't really know what what the space is going to look like in the future. Everything is so rapidly evolving in the in the right direction, which is great. But with the office now having a part in this hybrid work model when you're going to the office for that human interaction, for that collaboration, not as much in a hybrid model of doing the day-to-day work. Having a human-centric design is so important, even more important than ever before. And especially what you said about health and safety too, like the regulations are going to be so, so different. It's going to be like nothing that we've ever seen before. So I think there's definitely a lot of benefits to having a designer be able to walk you through the process and to think about things that you probably would never, I would never have at the front of my mind. There are things that you would think of that probably just someone who doesn't have that design experience wouldn't even think of. Exactly. And so much of my job as a designer is asking these questions that you may not have ever thought of or probably don't know the answer to, and then working together to research and understand how to answer those questions and uh, come up with solutions that address the needs. And there's just so much of that. And it's, you know, quite an extensive process where having someone to help move that along quickly and uh, come out of it successfully is really important to then execute the design and then get you know, people are really excited to come back. Um, Another thing that is really beneficial in working with a designer is that they provide access to exclusive vendors that are contract grade and they have full awareness of the trends and solutions. So it really takes away all the research that you may put on like an office manager or someone in HR. What's an important piece of my education that I do for clients is that not all office furniture is made the same. You know, when I think of furniture in the office, I think like this is the only thing we're sitting and working in for eight hours a day, five days a week. 
we're not at the dining table that long or the sofa. So these pieces really have to be of quality. They have to last, you know, extensive cleaning and a lot of use. And knowing how to assess that is really important. So you're making the right investment in these pieces and you're working with a vendor that has good warranties. Functionality is also really essential right now, especially something that is lightweight, movable, something that is flexible and adaptable is going to contribute to a winning solution and support you over time. You know, one layout today may not work tomorrow. So having something that, you know, you can move around and adapt with these ever-changing times is really going to feel supportive and like, you know, you made the right decision with that piece. Yeah, I think, like you said, that's definitely one of the biggest benefits that if you don't have a background in design, you wouldn't think of is that when you work with a designer, you're getting access to all of these vendors without having to vet, having to figure out if it's the right fit for you, because the designer has that experience and has that knowledge to be able to guide you through the process. So it cuts out so much time that you would have to spend otherwise. And you can kind of rest easy or easier knowing that you're in good hands of someone who knows the process. Exactly. And it's, you know, really, it's a full-time job. So asking <laughs> your, you know, parts of your staff to uh, move away from their, you know, regular duties to do this work is just, it's just too much. And then the pressure is just too much. And it really is just, it's just worth the investment to do it right the first time. Um, what we're also seeing is that materiality is really important right now. It's, you know, no longer just what looks good and what feels good. It's about, are these materials easy to clean and do they naturally repel bacteria and viruses? And we are seeing that metals, wood, stones, and some natural fabrics have that ability. So really looking closely at what the furniture is made of is really important in combating the virus and creating spaces that people feel are cleanable and safe to touch and work with. You'd also be surprised with how many toxins are present in furniture and finishes, and these can just attribute to different health issues. So that's something also that we provide this kind of education and parameters around our sourcing is we don't want to, you know, select materials that just make you unhealthy in different ways. I think that's really important in your staff believing that you are fully invested in their health and well-being while they're in this space. Another thing that we're really seeing right now is sustainability is really important to employees and they want to see that the company they work for believes in the same thing they do. So this came about when everyone one was, you know, putting up plastic shields and plexiglass. And while it initially created this idea that this space was sanitary, it's really detrimental to the environment. And there's a lot of concern around, well, what's going to happen to all this plexiglass that can't be recycled, you know, emits toxins and has no long-term life cycle. So that I think is something that employees are really invested in employees want to see that their companies are invested in choosing the right materials and the right solutions and they really want to eliminate this idea of the waste and 
you know, quick band-aid solutions that aren't long-term. Definitely. I think that, you know, as the situation changes, as regulations change, something that has really come to the forefront that seems like it's here to stay, especially from what you were saying as well, is that it's not just about the immediate of what can we do to clear out these these viruses or these germs. It's about what we can do in the future, you know, with the different materials, sourcing the different materials that actually can repel bacteria. It's It seems like it's a lot more now thinking in the future and in the long term, as opposed to like plexiglass, which is an immediate fix. It seems like designers are helping to focus on the long term, which is better for the company and better for everybody involved, really. And when you think about, you know, all these things I just listed, there's so much product out there and there's so much marketing. And so having someone to help narrow that down, narrow your options, and then facilitate the process of purchasing and installation and then, you know, finishing it to um, a place where it's ready for, you know, photography for internal and external marketing is just this extra feature that can really make this process so much easier on a company. And it tells the employees, like, this is really, really important to us. We want to be thoughtful and we want to do this the right way uh, for your best interest. Definitely. Yeah. We've already talked about this a little bit, probably more than a little bit, because I feel like it really goes hand in hand with what the benefits are of working with a designer. But how can we create that positive experience for companies looking to get their teams back in the office? This is a great question. And I I hope that everyone is asking themselves this or asking their employers this because it's a really good opportunity to, you know, slow down and be thoughtful. Totally. I recently heard that 75% of companies are projected to have like half of their employees in the office by July, which is like just a few weeks from now. Oh my gosh. for me... My initial reaction was like, this is too big to be rushed. I felt like maybe there's this expectation that you're just returning to normal. Like you're just going back to the same office. And it made me think, you know, how much thought is going into this transition? And what changes have these companies made to their office to support this? Um, We're already hearing that, you know, there's going to be this great shift and people are going to be quitting because their office is requiring them to be in the office. (laughs) Maybe they're not excited, excited about that office space. And that's, you know, not what we want. Um, That's not supportive for anybody. So, you know, I, I, I think that this is too important and companies really can't afford to leave this transition up to chance if they want to really focus on the culture of, you know, happiness in their company. So because obviously employees' expectations have changed, there are, you know, a few things we can prioritize to make this a positive experience. What we found is the top two reasons people want to go back into the office are to connect with colleagues and feel a sense of shared purpose with the organization. So going back to like, I feel like I belong here and I'm excited to collaborate in person and have connection with my colleagues. So if we break that down, connection with colleagues is important that we do it safely. So, you know, what we see is that this is a really big benefit because connection is a strong attribute of community, which directly correlates to business outcomes, engagement, productivity, 
and retention, and even innovation. So we're looking at the workplace to be this infrastructure where we can build this social capital. So it's really, again, so much more than like, that chair looks nice. And this desk goes from sit to stand. It's so much more of this big picture and it aligns directly with company objectives. Yeah, and definitely focusing on building that connectivity. That's the reason that if you have the option of being at home or at work, I feel like the reason that people want hybrid is so that they can go in and have that connection. And that's the main focus on those days. So it's just so important for companies to focus on that. Exactly. And also communicating that that is their focus. So some ways we're able to build a strategy around that is one, maintaining the open office. This really fosters connection and um, ultimately is easier to clean and limits the surfaces and touch points. There was this, you know, um, thought that maybe we should go back to cubicles where everything's very separated. But what we found is that those are some of the most touched surfaces that don't get cleaned. And it also is just going backwards, which I don't think, you know, I think there's a good reason we moved away from that. And we should be focused on moving forward with new solutions. Also, what is proven to work is continuing the distance seating. Really, this just supports employees to feel safer so they can focus on their output and not worry about getting sick. I I think that's a huge distraction. And um, being in a space where you feel like, you know, wherever you sit, you can, you know, really feel like you're comfortable. So, for example, what this might look like is if you had a desk pod that could fit eight people, this is now going to need to only accommodate about three or four within Mm -hmm. the same footprint or conference rooms. This is really going to be a big change. And we're seeing, you know, conference room change. The names are changing to like meeting space or studios. And what I am seeing and what I'm designing is, you know, maybe this isn't a conference table with a bunch of chairs around it. Maybe it's a collection of chairs with laptop tables and everything's movable and more in a um, seating arrangement that leaves a lot of choice and flexibility. Really interesting. That's something that I wonder about what a conference room will look like in those spaces. Because if you told me a year ago that you would be going into a room with a few people, I feel like everybody would panic. But now it's it's interesting to think of it as like a meeting space or all of these different ways to look at it. Um, because it, it was unfathomable to even think that we would be talking about this right now a year ago. And you know, some people are excited, some people are hesitant, but if we can show that we've thought about how our work needs to be different and how our workspace needs to support that, it'll feel like there's been thought and intention in this, and that creates more of a sense of comfort and choice. So, you know, ultimately with all these solutions, what you really want to focus on is creating lots of choice for your employees so that you're not limiting them to where they can work within the office. There are many different places with different functionalities so that they can feel in control and that they have the option to social distance at their discretion whenever and wherever. So what are some things that you can suggest that smaller companies do if they have a tighter budget? You know, when it comes to reworking their space or rethinking it, if they don't have necessarily the same resources? 
So that's where creating a shared purpose with the organization is really easy for everyone to do. And, you know, what that looks like is gaining input from your employees to create the strategy that you're developing. So an easy thing that anyone and everyone can do is run a survey asking everyone for their input on what they need the office to be for supportive and resourceful work. This makes them feel heard, makes them feel invested and connected to this space. And then they're excited to return to this space because they know it's going to be designed to fit the needs that they described. And then also how you present the space is really important. So, you know, what we're looking at is um, some easy wins. A few of those wins can be adopting free address seating. So you don't have to make any changes other than that there are no assigned seats. Everyone sits somewhere new each day. When I first heard this, I thought, how is communal space more sanitary? But what (laughs) they found is that testing of the surfaces showed that there's more sanitary when these surfaces are cleaned on a daily basis compared to assigned desking where the surfaces are never cleaned because there's too many personal objects on them. So it limits the touch points and increases the surface space that you can clean, which I think is really important for people to know that these surfaces are being cleaned every day. So when I come here and pick my desk, I know that it's clean and I know that when I leave, it's going to be cleaned as well. I think it's really interesting. I feel like you just tied in the surveys that could be a great option for figuring out what your employees really want and what they feel comfortable with. It really ties into the last question that we chatted about, which is creating that positive experience. I think that's something that is just across the board, really. Mm -hmm. A few other things that I think are important, you know, whether you are on a budget or you're working with a full service designer is focusing on large social spaces. Because again, that social aspect is the priority. Mm -hmm. And this is where people can come together while maintaining a distance and not feeling too crowded. So opening up spaces as much as you can. If you can tear down walls, great. If not, just creating some, you know, open spaces within a all-hand space that's more of a multifunctional purpose space. Definitely. We also talked about the importance of creating choice, which, you know, I think is probably the most important thing for people feeling comfortable coming back into work. And the other thing that I think is really interesting is we've all been working from home for a long time now, and we're used to being home. We're used to the comforts of being home. So as much as we can take those elements and bring them into the office, we'll make them feel related to the space. And things like natural materials, plants, natural lighting, lounge spaces, that will really help to create comfort and ease back into these spaces. Definitely. I think we also talked about this, looking for furniture on casters to allow mobility and flexibility. And something that is really, you know, easy for this summer is working outdoors. You know, maybe your office space has a garage space where you can open up the doors or like access to a park nearby. You could have meetings outdoors. Connecting with nature is a huge part of workplace wellness and satisfaction and just taking work outdoors also really helps employees with the sense of I'm not in this small enclosed space with a bunch of people. Yeah, especially as everybody's easing into going back from not being in the office full time for so long. 
I feel like that can definitely help with the, the level of comfort and the level of security that they feel because everything's so new going back. And a lot of people still definitely could be feeling a lot of fear around it. Absolutely. And if you think about, you know, like your first day back to the office, it's eight hours, it's a full day and it's a brand new environment. There's, there's so many reasons to be, you know, hesitant about that day. And so adding variety to where, adding choice, adding flexibility um, will really help ease, ease that process of transition and eliminate, you know, the, the shock. So whether you're working on a budget or with a full service designer, there's, you know, a few options you can do. You can work with someone just on a consultative basis, even just an hour a week, I think is better than nothing. Totally. And getting that expert advice, they'll, you know, provide you with direction and resource, can be a sounding board throughout the process. And it's just like working with another business consultant. What we have found with our full service offering that's really helped in this transition is our virtual reality experience. So we create a virtual reality experience for every full service design project, and this can be shared and marketed. And the benefit of this is that it immerses you in the design so you can feel and interact with the space before going to it physically. This really reduces the shock and helps people to preview what they'll be walking into so that they feel prepared and also really excited. You know, like looking at design through these new ways of technology is really exciting and it feels innovative and it feels like, again, there's been a lot of thought put into this. Uh, it creates anticipation where there maybe was hesitation and just this idea where you can preview what you're going into and know what you're expecting helps with, you know, okay, I'm okay with this. Feels like a lot of thoughtfulness is put into it and it definitely would translate to the employee where they feel like, okay, my company really cares about me. And now I feel a little bit more prepared going into the office and I, I know what to expect. Yes. It's exactly as you described, and it's an investment. It's an investment in the space, and it's an investment in the people, and it's an investment in the culture. Totally. So I have a fun question for you, like our final little wrap-up okay. here. Is, <laughs> did you always see yourself being a designer as a child? And if not, can you find some sort of connection between your childhood aspiration and your career right now? You know, it's so direct. <laughs> I remember I was maybe, you know, like nine or 10 and I wanted to move around the layout of my bedroom because I just felt like there was, you know, a better way for I it love to be it. out. And I asked my parents and they're like, no, we're not going to do that today. There's too much going on. So I stayed up after they went to bed and I moved the furniture all by myself. <laughs> and that's when, you know, looking back, I knew that spatial planning and this ability to visualize something different is just something that I have that drives me. So that plus, you know, being a, a painter really kind of put this career path just right in front of me. And it's exactly what I knew I wanted to do and what I've done ever since. And I loved every minute. Um, it's just an amazing feeling being able to help people create their dream space and do it in a way that's fun and exciting and accessible to everybody, whether you have a big budget, a small budget, a lot of time or a little time. 
this, you know, is something that we can really offer for everybody. Sounds like it really all came full circle for you. It went from arranging your room at nine or 10 and taking that into your own hands to now being able to help other people do that, whether in the home or at work. So sounds like what's meant to be will be and it all worked out. It's all working out. I love that. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you, Jacqueline, for joining us. If our listeners want to follow you and reach out, where can they do so? We are on Instagram at ADL Interiors as well as Facebook and LinkedIn. And you can follow us on our website, www.adlinteriors.com, where we have a blog and we outline our projects and services. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And thanks again, Jacqueline, for joining me. Look forward to more Thriver episodes coming soon. See ya. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Thriver Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Share your thoughts on this episode by tweeting us at Thriver Company or get to know more about us by visiting Thriver.com. Additionally, you can follow us at Thriver Company on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. The choice is yours. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you next time.